What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. Today, I want to share with you uh, the story and life of Pope St. John XXIII. He was born in 1881 and died in 1963. Most of us are familiar with his face because he's not, you know, he's a pope in recent history and familiarize ourselves with him like he opened the Second Vatican Council. He's known for that. But there's so much to his life and so much to his story. It's incredible and it's inspiring. Today, we do need some inspiration. I want to uh, share this man with you so that he can become <clears throat> your friend too. He's my friend. I love him so much. He's one of my very favorite saints. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. I think it was 12 or 13 years ago. I can't remember exactly, but I did make my one trip to Rome that I've been on. And it was there that a friend of mine took me to his tomb. Um, not really a tomb. I guess he was his body was incorrupt and it was behind a, a glass or plexiglass thing there in St. Peter's Basilica. And it was so funny because at that time in my life, I wasn't as familiar with the communion of saints and I, I didn't understand Catholics and their preoccupation with saints' body parts, saint bodies and saint relics and all, all these things. So when a friend of mine said, oh, I've got someone for you to meet, and she'd been to Rome several times, and so I thought I was going to go meet someone, and she took me into St. Peter's and, and presented me to the, the body of John the 23rd. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting to meet somebody who was gonna stand there and shake my hand and say, hello, my name is. <laughs> because I was so unfamiliar with the, with the veneration of saints and the relics and bodies that have to do with them, at that time, I, I just didn't quite know what to do. And my friend was so excited because she loved this, this particular at the time, he wasn't a saint yet. He was a blessed, this particular pope. There's a little kneeler there and people were milling around and some people were praying. And, and so I just thought, well, I, I'll kneel down and pray because she was kind of watching me, like expecting me to be overjoyed at this uh, meeting. <laughs> and I, I knelt down there and, and had a little, very short little prayer. And in that few seconds, not long at all, I just had a sense of his personality, of who he was. It just, it just, it was like I really did meet someone. And I know that people have these experiences sometimes, as, you know, at the tomb of a, of a saint or something. But that's what happened to me. I had this, this sense of his personality. And here's somebody that I didn't even know his name before I went because I was not catechized. I, I wasn't familiar with him. I didn't even recognize his name. I understood the the papacy and the authority from Peter, but I was familiar with, with Peter and then John Paul II and Benedict. I, I didn't know about John the 23rd. Anyway, 
I had a sense of his personality and a, a really fun, caring kind of guy. And, and you would think that being Pope, he would seem fatherly to me. But in my experience, he seemed like elder brotherly to me. And I felt that he was sending me. And here's this, you know, this radio show, my education, Catholic theology that I received afterwards. All of that happened as a result of this encounter with John the 23rd and, and him sending me. I want to tell you a little bit more about him. So let's get to his life. He was born, I said, uh, in November 25th, 1881. So his birthday's coming up. He was born in, I probably will butcher this, I don't know Italian, but it, it's in Italy, a, a, little, a little town in Italy, Soto Il Monte, and it means under the mountains. And his, his family, they were sharecroppers, and they lived in this multi-generational home the siblings had families and he was a child of these families and he was raised with his cousin. So they were like 17, which he called siblings because they might as well have been. Everything was communal between these. I think it was two families and their children and the 17 children. They all lived together. And so he grew up very, very poor as his parents and, and his aunt and uncle as sharecroppers. Very poor. And I'm going to read something to you from him, his memoirs. He did write a diary from the time he went into seminary until he died. He was writing his diary and you can, you can purchase it. It's a big, thick book, his whole life. And you can, if you ever read it, you read the transformation and how he grows in holiness because, you know, in the beginning, just like all of us, he had a lot to learn and he had the Lord was going to grow him spiritually. And you, you see that transformation through his diary. But this is what he wrote about his childhood. We were poor but happy with a lot and confident in the help of providence. There was never any bread on our table, only polenta. No wine for children or your people. Only at Christmas and Easter did we have a slice of homemade cake. Clothes and shoes for going to church had to last for years and years. And yet, when a beggar appeared at the door of our kitchen, when the children, okay, I was wrong, it was not 17, it's 20. When the children, 20 of them, were waiting for their bowl of ministra soup, there was always room for him, and my mother would hasten to seat the stranger alongside us. So that was his childhood. And he writes about it with the most fond memories. Like he didn't see himself as disadvantaged, like unhappy. This guy was used to having a lot of people around. And that was the wealth. It wasn't that they had clothes or shoes or status or opportunities or anything like that. It was the, the people, the family. And so he was always a, very much a people person. In 1904, he was ordained. In 1915 to 1918, he was in the war. And that's part of his diary that he doesn't write. And also the last nine months of his diary when he was very sick, there are no entries. In 1921 to 1924, he's a director of the propagation of the faith in Rome. It's That's the same position that would be held later by uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen. So the propagation of the faith. In 1925, he was consecrated as an archbishop and then sent to Bulgaria as a papal representative. And so this is an area where he was very lonely. 
1935, he was sent as the papal representative to Turkey and Greece, and here he was even more lonely. I tell you, that was a hard one. Uh, in 1945, he was sent to France, same title, not so lonely anymore. And in 1953, he was made the Cardinal Patriarch of Venice. So now he's back in, in Italy. And in 1958, he was elected Pope. And in 1963, he died. Now you think, oh, there's a bunch of dates in there. And that's a big, a full eventful life. There's some drama in here. There's some real stories to tell, and I want to tell them to you. So we'll start with 1915. Now, he's already ordained, and he's got to leave for to take up his military service. I'm going to read it to you because he served as a non-commissioned officer, and he worked in hospitals until the last nine months of his, as a military chaplain. But he did not write in his diary during that time, so we don't know too much. I mean, he, he later writes maybe some letters. We, can, we found some things about it, but this is when he's getting ready to leave. I'm going to quote him in 1915 in May. Tomorrow I leave to take up my military service in the medical corps. Where will they send me? To the front, perhaps? Shall I ever return to Bergamo? Or has the Lord decreed that my last hour shall be on the battlefield? I know nothing all I want is the will of God in all things and at all times and to work for his glory in total self-sacrifice. In this way and in this way only can I be true to my vocation and show in my actions my real love for my country and the souls of my fellows. My spirit is willing and cheerful. Lord Jesus, keep me always so. Mary, my kind mother, help me that in all things Christ may be glorified. So this he writes from his diary, and that was from page 190. He writes later in life, I, I'm going to read it to you, and it's about the war. And it's the one thing that we find, one of the few things we find about his experiences there. I shall never be able to forget the screams of an Austrian whose chest was torn apart by a bayonet during the war, and who was carried to the hospital at, at Caporetto, where I was an attendant. His image became even more vivid within me as I worked on the encyclical Pacem in Terras, which means peace on the earth. What there is of myself in this document is above all the humble example of the peaceful and patient man from the imitation of Christ, which I tried to set during my whole poor life. So that war really did affect him. It really did. And I also want to mention, too, that there are a couple of movies uh, portraying his life, and they're both very good. I've watched them both. The one that's unformed is called John the 23rd, the Pope of Peace, and it stars Edward Asner, and it's really a great movie. I can't say enough about it. It's so good. But the other one, which is not unformed, is also very good. I think maybe even better. They, they portray him as a young man as well as when he was Pope. It was called The Good Pope. John the 23rd. It stars Bob Huskins. 
it's so inspiring, both of them. You will enjoy them if you watch them. And I think you can get this one, you know, just on Amazon or, or Netflix or anything like that. But the other one with Ed Asner is on Formed. And if you are a member of Formed, that would be free to you. I can see that I have so much more to share about John the 23rd that this is one of two or three. <laughs> Certainly one of two because I'm not done. And it could be one of three shows. So... I will sign off for now and we'll continue next week. It's been my pleasure to be with you. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Onderko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org.